Welcome to Disney's Animal Kingdom. This is Jeff Kober and we're here for another Disney at Play podcast. We're starting here at the entrance to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, but a couple of things before we get going. First of all, did you recognize that at the entrance you have at the uh, signage of Animal Kingdom, Disney's Animal Kingdom and Elephant, on one side, on the right side, you have a dinosaur. And on the other side, you have a dragon. That actually was a reference to the original Beastly Kingdom. But uh, I think about the uh, new film out by Disney, and I think, wow, there's some opportunities there that uh, could, be, could be used to uh, bring that new uh, film into Disney's Animal Kingdom, especially because Disney is not just about real animals, but imaginary animals and prehistoric animals and all the like. So the other thing we're covering here is we are going to go through the main turnstile because it gives us an opportunity to talk about a recent announcement. When I enter, I usually use my um, passport. I don't usually use the magic band. Just not a person who likes to wear a lot of things. Although, in recent years, I've worn a uh, 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 Apple uh, watch. And I think that's uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to present here while we are entering the park. Announcement was made that mobile devices and devices like Apple watches are going to soon be made so that they can you be used to take care of park entry as well as fast passes and similar things. Now, mind you, I already could use my iPhone to get into a Disney resort room. This is not new technology. And in fact, actually, this is a conversation that if you go back to my posts and podcasts like five years, I've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, after all, if you think about it, and uh, oh, Madison's uh, found a Barbarusa, right which is sleeping way, way in the back. You're gonna have to really, he kind of looks like he's part of the rock outcropping there. And uh, this was featured on the Disney Plus uh, show. Yeah, about Disney Animal Kingdom and uh, how they take care of their animals and so forth. They had a special segment on the Babarusas. And uh, at any rate, I am uh, moving off topic because some five, maybe even longer than that, I have suggested, predicted that Disney would start using iPhones and smartwatches and things of that nature in order to allow guests to get into the park. I mean, after all, who had been Disney's biggest, and I emphasize the word biggest, shareholder? It was Steve Jobs. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't an Apple device be used? I mean, there's been Mickey um, and Toy Story characters on the watch, and yet you couldn't use the watch in order to get into the park or use it for fast passes. So finally, this is happening. The reason I think that it's been the case is I think that the 
magic bands were a temporary solution because a lot of people didn't have those devices when magic bands were introduced. Uh, I think it was a temporary solution to hold guests over by creating the magic bands, but magic bands began to be so popular. In fact, one of the big things was is that kids getting ready to go on a vacation to Walt Disney World would wear their magic bands to school, kind of show off to the other kids, hey, I'm going to Disney World. And then they got into selling special collector's versions in different colors and different styles and prints. And it became a, a little industry in and of itself. It became a feature that you get a free one when you stay at Disney Resort. That, of course, is being uh, removed as an option. But you see, um, for me, this is like, uh, this should have come years ago for somebody who uses an iPhone or an Apple Watch to have not have this feature sooner is just uh, just really kind of crazy. But notwithstanding, it's finally coming along and soon you won't need a magic band or a ticket uh, type of device like I currently use uh, to get into the parks. And getting into the parks. Here we are in the middle of Discovery Island and uh, we're out here to head on to some adventures. Here in front of Island Mercantile they've set up a temporary stand called Ticket Corner. It's kind of a guest relations spot but it's also being used to help people upgrade their tickets into the parks. So I think that's a temporary well, it's a new initiative. They're kind of testing out and trying out and seeing, um, seeing if that uh, is successful and whether guests uh, choose to make that choice while they're in the middle of their park stay, uh, while they're maybe excited about the parks and not exhausted at the end of the day and too tired to, to stand in line and make that choice uh, at the end of a park day see if that's successful and how long that stays around. We're by Pizza Fari, which has a relaxation station, both inside and outside. And uh, that's been a successful venue since the park reopened last July. We otter dedicate a moment to these otters. And uh, they're just kind of goofing around and doing their thing. Uh, here's one going into the hot tub up on top of the slide there. Don't know if they'll go down the slide, but they're making a little bit of noise in the process. What is that one got some grass or something? Oh look, another one joined them up there. And uh, kind of looking over the, uh, the cliffs there, checking out everything. And uh, here comes the third one. He's come and joined the pack and they've all kind of gone to the other side of the hill. Oh, now they're in the water, and uh, they're kind of doing their thing. It's kind of cool. Oh, we caught them coming back up out of this little segment, and uh, they kind of swam over to this little corner, and then they're heading back to uh, Otter Island, I guess. Meanwhile, on the other side, we have the Karoon uh, Shark Catfish, and I can't seem to see. It doesn't look like 
like this creature is in there, but it's a pretty, pretty large fish. So it's pretty easy to see when you see them. Oh well. Okay, I just mentioned Ryan the Last Dragon, the new um, Disney film that just came out. And here, their Starbucks, they have a baby Tuk Tuk Moose. Um, let's roll into Creature Comforts for this five spice mousse atop chocolate cake with the chocolate velvet shell and crispy chocolate pearls. $5.99. Uh, sales tax not included. Now, beside the little food item here, where would you put Brian the Last Dragon if you added it to Disney's Animal Kingdom? Disney didn't end up doing a beastly kingdom with dragons and everything, but if you were to put it somewhere, where would you put it in the parks? I'm going to offer my thoughts later on in the show, but uh, think about that as we move along. Probably not in Africa, but notwithstanding, we are heading there to uh, board Kilimanjaro Safaris and check things out. We are here in front of Husker House on our way to Kilimanjaro Safaris. You know, there are actually two really good reasons why Tusker House is not open at this time. The most obvious of these reasons has to do with the fact that it's a buffet and that that's probably not conducive for, to a COVID climate. Notice there are curtains in, that are closed in front of the facility. But there's another reason as well right now, and that is that facilities like these are often being used by cast members as a break area so they can socially separate when they're taking um, breaks in the park. And so that I know is one of the things going on. By the way, did you know that they have sound effects? Can you hear the, uh, can you hear the, the door banging upstairs? Just like on Main Street, they actually have sounds that come in from the tops of uh, the second floors of these buildings. So you have to kind of pay attention to hear it, and, but it adds to the ambiance of the experience when you are in Africa. We'll head past the Harambe fruit market and then come right on over into standby entrance to Wild Africa or the Kilimanjaro Safaris and uh, standby entrance is right now 10 minutes so that's a that's good timing good time to be in this queue here's a reference in the queue come see us big red and our little calf little red just two of Harambe's famous wild animals that is a nod to an original storyline back when the attraction opened when poachers had captured big and little red and uh had killed their mother <laughs> the the rangers managed to save little red it's a, it's a messy plot line that fortunately uh the dead animal was removed and actually little red was backstage at their cast services building uh kind of welcoming cast members for several years i think it was recently moved but actually has been um backstage not away from guests but but still out there. So again, a little nod to the original story. Love this queue, love the shading, love the landscaping, um, the whole unfolding of the storylines that are here and, and how it just sets the stage for our safari.
cool to see it out of the water. Normally they only do that at night. But if you look over to your left, there are a couple that are in the river. See them down there. To our left. We're getting really lucky. That's a hyena. Rolling around in the barren. <laughs> Super cute. Now that is an African spotted hyena and really cool to see it awake. Usually they'll wait till the sun starts to set. There's another one waiting on on top of the cave. Hyenas are what we call crepuscular, so that means that they're most active at dusk dawn. Also they're also nighttime. And they're famous for a couple of things. One of course being the laughing noise that they make. And yeah, hyenas they really do laugh. They make like 17 different vocalizations. They're all kind of interesting. But they laugh, they're also famous for being scavengers. Now that's a little more of a myth. Because hyenas, they're gonna do a majority of their own hunting. They just hunt smaller prey than you imagine. And there's a little baby over there too. It's actually two of them. So you can see they look a little smaller than the other. But really cool. Now those are Maasai giraffes. So they're actually the tallest of the four subspecies. Standing about 16 to 20 feet tall. And those little babies, well, they're never that little. Even when born, they already stand about six feet tall. And they're able to run around, stand up all within an hour after birth. They're really fast learners, but they're pretty tough too. Especially given that their very first experience in this world is about a six foot drop straight down to the ground. Big one, right? 
Well, we just got off of the safaris and we're just heading over to this uh, little outpost to see if we can see any gorillas on the back side. Usually they're the males on this side of the, uh, of the river. I don't see any, but I have to say they just have done a really great job of landscaping. The whole waterfall section is such a hidden gem in this little corner you don't see it on the trail and you'll miss it if you don't uh look for it and search it out once you get off of kilimanjaro safari so madison what did you enjoy most about that safari um my favorite part in the safari is the hyena hyena exhibit because sometimes that exhibit tends to change from hyena or spotted dog and spotted dog is my favorite African animal, so I was hoping to more see... than the hyena. Well, I, uh, yeah, a little more, but I still love the love seeing the hyenas too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I I thought the hyenas were very active, and that was very cool. I also thought it was really cool to see the hippo, you know, up on the on the shore. That I see them in the water, but you don't usually see them just kind of sitting up there. Yeah, one on the shelf and there were three more in the water just talking yeah, yeah and the wheezing. noise yeah wheezing that down. was really cool and uh and the new goat exhibit what i liked about the goat exhibit not just the goats which are fairly small but i like how they created a whole story around the goats and why they're there and they're part of the warden how the warden sells the milk and helps the village out with the proceeds. I mean, it's just there was a whole story that ultimately tied into conservation. And I thought it was a really nice segue to their final statements as you finish the, uh, the ride where they talk about uh, our opportunities for conservation. So I thought that was pretty cool. We're here at the fudge shop, which you have to stop at when you're in Africa, because it's toward the back of the park. I thought I'd pick up something for my wife. And uh, looks like there's some good choices there. And uh, just nice to be in the, see all the details, the little, little bicycles hanging from the ceiling of this shop, if you can see those. Little um, other collectibles and things scattered around the store very nice this isn't the back side of water but it is the back side of discovery island as we head between africa and asia and then eventually onto dino land and it's just a beautiful time of day beautiful day outside tree of life looks so great from that angle with that light you can hear the train coming into the station and uh, we are on our way through we spoke of Raya and the Last Dragon earlier, and lo and behold, here's a beautiful sand sculpture that has been done in honor of that new film. I love the dragon at the top, it looks really superb. And uh, again, I invite you to think, if you were to put this somewhere at Disney's Animal Kingdom, what would you do and what would it look like? What kind of attraction or offering 
think about that and we'll come back to that <laughs> and more disney ride and the last dragon which uh at dino bite snacks they're offering the baby tuck tuck ice cream sundae a yummy sundae bill for speed chai spice caramel cake chai caramel sauce vanilla ice cream green tea cake crumbs salted caramel crispy pearls an edible image of the baby tuck tuck 6.99 not sure if i'm as big on that as there we have another uh, saint patrick's day mint ice cream between two double chocolate cookies with uh sprinkles but we're here to try a saint patrick's day offering that is not on the mobile order but is definitely listed as being available so let's go check that out while i'm waiting for my order i have to say that there is a lot that i love about the theming of restaurant to source not big on the mem uh, menu but there is a lot to like about the themed environment that you sit in. It's just very campy and uh, it's very Adirondack and it's very cool. All right, well, that was a process getting my dish, which is a tachos with corned beef. It's kind of the St. Patrick's Day choice, along with a very shamrock looking cupcake. So I'll uh, take a test of this and um, We'll uh, talk about the entire experience at the end. We have new trash cans here. And interesting, the size of the lid portion doesn't give you a lot of space to put something in. So you can't just throw the whole thing in. So cups, compost. I wouldn't have thought of that as compost, but apparently the food and the fork and the plate is all compost. The napkin is I suppose the receipt would go in that category. If I'd had a bottle, it would have gone in there. And if I had had wrappers and packaging, I would have gone in the far left. Okay, well, that was an education on that, as was the entire experience at um, Restaurant de Source. Here's the secret truth of Restaurant de Source. Of all the casual dining locations, on property i think it has the best setting it's most thematic it has lots of gorgeous disney detail by the way there's dinosaur down there last folks of the day getting into that attraction i love the setting of restaurant source from there everything else goes downhill <clears throat> incredibly fast the food okay so these saint patrick tachos had uh, potato barrel rolls, that was fine. The Reuben meat uh, sauteed, that was fine. Um, uh, but it had croutons, crispy croutons, but they weren't crispy. They were in truth uh, chewy. Um, Thousand Island sauce and cheese sauce with it, it wasn't bad. Um, but the croutons, I just kept thinking at first, what is this thing I'm chewing on? Are these the potato barrels? Are these, this is the Reuben? But it was croutons added and it didn't help. Then we had the cupcake, St. Patrick's cupcake, which was a chocolate cupcake. And uh, it had a mint ganache filling. Ganache is a European word that means apparently toothpaste because that's what the interior felt like. It was 
that was just all wrong. The rest of the cupcake was fine. But that portion, that was completely wrong. And what made the whole experience even worse is they didn't have the specialty items. They had the cupcake specialty item on mobile order. They didn't have the other on mobile order. And so the bummer part of that is I had to stand in line. No big deal because there was no real, um, <clears throat> there was no, uh, there was no wait to order at the counter. That was fine. However, I ended up waiting 15 minutes and here's the sad truth. There was nobody in the restaurant. I was the only one ordering and it took 15 minutes to bring the dish out. Meanwhile, a manager was counting a till behind me, which one shouldn't do in an onstage location, in my opinion, totally ignored me, even though he was only three feet away from me. Finally, another manager inquired, and by the way, I could see the tachos had been created and, um, and built, and they just sat there on the counter waiting to be taken out. And I was the only person in the restaurant. It was, and this is a repeated problem. There is something wrong where they just can't seem to get it right at um, Restaurantosaurus. Just one of those things. Okay, so I'm changing the theme. I'm changing the message. We're, we're going to a better picture right now because we are headed into the stage area for the former night show. We're here in the uh, seating area for Rivers of Light. And coincidentally, just at this time, this barge is coming out with a big crane on it. Not sure what its job is at this time of day. I'm not sure why they're doing it while the park is still open. I haven't seen a character cavalcade come by um, recently, but that's not really what brings me here. Um, I liked a lot of Rivers of Light. I think there were some misses in that show. I was disappointed that they they chose rather than saying we're not going to do the show for a time they announced that they would never do the show again and that was I think a disappointing miss however that said having seen Raya and the Last Dragon here is my thought wouldn't that make a really interesting nighttime show IP driven because Disney likes their IPs this could be the home. It's an Asian theme. It's a Southeast Asian theme, which is true to this um, area of the park. Um, you don't have a lot of extra space in the immediate area unless you tear something down to actually do something here. I guess you could take out Finding Nemo the musical, but I think guests would be really disappointed to have that happen. I think this could be a nighttime show for Ryan the Last Dragon. Can you imagine that? What was that like? The different... Um, the different groups of people, the different villages, they each, like one was spine, and they each formed a part of the dragon. Wouldn't it be great if they had their own barge and their own characters and people coming out and the dragon came out and, and the fountains kind of supported that. I just think that has huge opportunities. I think even you could use some of the existing props as part of the 
experience there. But at any rate, I am suggesting that this might be a great location to feature Raya and the Last Dragon and to create some kind of new nighttime show here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. You heard it first here. Cross your fingers that they do something at least. It is dusk and uh, we've got about a half hour left in the park before everything closes and I'm here in Pandora World of Avatar and it's just uh, a pleasant little evening. Uh, folks are, there's about a 45 minute wait for Flight of Passage and there's a supposed 65 minute wait for uh, Navi River Journey. And as I've been kind of observing the queue, the queue, when it's, I've seen it when it's 65 minutes and it will extend all the way out toward the bridge of the entrance of the attraction. That line isn't so long right now, but that line is very slow. And the reason it's slow is because a lot of guests with VIP passes or special needs are coming in that last half hour to get in line. So again, the best time to get on it is about two minutes before the attraction closes. If we get a chance, we'll time that out, see how that plays out, because I don't think it's that long a wait if you get in about that time. But until then, we'll take a little walk around uh, Pandora. This is about the time where things start transitioning into nighttime. And uh, it's a beautiful time in the park. Don't know that we'll be able to catch it that well. Um, but uh, you can see some of the night lights coming on. I love this set of falls and the stream coming through. What a great, what a great little piece of theming. And it just brings the energy of this uh, area of the park alive. Nothing like water. Water is one of those great pieces that creates kinetics. And kinetics is what make, cre helps create that energy when you're in a... We're stepping over here to this little stream flowing with this waterfall. And I just love the look and feel of it. You can see the lights beginning to turn on. And uh, I love this because that water just creates a kinetic within the park. The movement of water, the movement of leaves, those kinds of things create a sort of energy, as do guests actually. They become a kinetic to the park and that brings life to the park. You don't want a dead park. You want it to come alive. And, uh, and you really get that feel as you step here through Pandora. We're in the area of Satuli Canteen and Pago Pago. And we are moving into the Wind Traders gift shop area. Check out a couple of things um, and uh, see the uh, merchandise on display. Pretty quiet here at this time of day. 
dusk is probably affording me the best time to grab some video as the forest kind of comes alive. And I just, I love this period, time in the day. It is, it's really special and, uh, and just kind of fun to check it out. We're here along the stream, the, uh, the top bed of the stream. Remember, this used to be the stream that ran through uh, Camp Mini Mickey. Looks a lot different now. And uh, you can see the ground has uh, its own bioluminescence. Um, well, Disney magic make that happen. And then um, we're just progressing a little further deeper. Wanted to show you this one little cool thing I saw um, in one corner. This is probably a see some of the nightlife coming and glowing at night and uh, again it's just a great little effect um, the mountain itself has not quite come so alive at this point so that's a little disappointing maybe before we leave we can capture that a little better um, but right now it's uh, not quite showing out that same bioluminescent uh, uh, feel that uh, you get elsewhere. We're here in the drum section and this is a little corner. Just wanted to kind of come through and some stroller parking up ahead. But I want to show you this in the nook, in the nook of the log, they had actually put some of these plants around people's throwers here and you can kind of see how that is just all come together again here's the entrance to navi river journey and uh it's the glow and then the uh waterfalls coming down the uh, top of the mountain and uh, dropping into green below so Again, it's just a lovely time to kind of stroll through Pandora as you kind of finish the day. It'll be fun because hopefully it won't be too long before the Tree of Life begins to do shows on the front of it. And uh, we get a little bit more entertainment toward uh, Discovery Island. Um, but in the meantime, there's this little gem corner of the park. This plant growing. By the way, if you want to know all the names of these plants and what their relationship is in Pandora and all that, you've got to sign up for our uh, Wayfinder Society. Because no matter what membership you get, you get access to Pandora World of Avatar. It is the most complete guide that has been created. It's an interactive app that you get. Yes, you're supporting the podcast. And by the way, you're also supporting Embrace the Celebration, which uh, helps those who are struggling uh, right now through this pandemic who are homeless and uh, unemployed. But in return, you get some really cool interactive apps. And uh, one of them is a focus on uh, Navi River uh, or on all of Pandora World of Avatar. So do check that out. It's Again, the Wayfinder Society, it's our Patreon page. 
at DisneyAtPlay.com. Coming back to the entrance of Navi River Journey, it's 6.57. This is the time to get in that queue. That queue is not much, it's about the same length as it was a half hour ago when I talked about this earlier. And yet, here the length of wait has gone down 20 minutes. And I assure you, because VIP guests and special needs guests can't get in to the Fast Pass Plus entrance, that queue will not go more than about 20 minutes in getting guests on board its attraction. Uh, because of some other commitments, I'm gonna have to do a rain check on that experience. But when you're here, make sure you take advantage of these kinds of things. Navi River Journey does, it's just a slower boarding ride because its boats only carry two rows in it. Not a great design feature, but it does offer some intimacy. So I get why they did what they did. But still, it makes it for a very slow boarding area. And uh, this is a great time of day to get on that attraction just before closing. So take advantage of that. As I crossed the bridge back over to Discovery Island, I thought it would be really good to take a look at the exterior uh, portion of the Nomad Lounge, which is uh, which accompanies the Tiffin's restaurant, overlooks this little, um, well, it's a little dark to see the river here. Look how empty that is. Now imagine if you're concerned about COVID, if you're concerned about dining too close, look how those chairs kind of give you your own little cluster, your own little space. And right now at this time of day, you would own the exterior, the entire porch here. Uh, if you didn't get a chance, go back and review our uh, recent podcast about six podcasts, five or six podcasts ago, where we talked about how to experience dining at Disney during this COVID pandemic kind of period, which is still going to be in effect for months to come, probably. And uh, there's just, we go through every park restaurant, both counter service and table dining, and talk about the advantages and disadvantages of all these spaces. This is one of those great spaces. And that's a pretty good menu. I wish I'd come here instead of restaurant to source. And, um, and just, it's just, you can relax and enjoy taking off your facial covering and enjoying some food and beverage in this location. This is just a terrific little space. And that guide, which includes um, our podcast and, and a grid on DisneyAtPlay.com will just identify all the different restaurants in all four parks you ought to attend to. And in the days to come, we hope to do the same thing out at Disney Springs, kind of give you an overview of the restaurants there and what are your best choices during this period. So good, good possibilities, check that out. We are here finishing our day at Disney's Animal Kingdom in the shadows of the Tree of Life here in on Discovery Island. And as I kind of look at this tree and uh, I can't help but think about what it's going to look like in the 50th anniversary when it's uh, uh, relit in some kind of magical way. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's just more specialized projection mapping or fiber optics or something going in, but I'm excited to see and I can imagine that well, about six months from now, we could be seeing that and celebrating that. You know, 
with Festival of the Lion King coming back this summer, I would not be surprised if vaccines, uh, vaccinations are getting accomplished and, and the number of COVID cases are going down. I would not be surprised to see Disney move the needle up to about a 50% occupancy. In my view, uh, I think uh, folks here in the United States are hungry for travel. And I think this may be the summer where they all get in a car and go on a road trip. And many of them would probably come down to Walt Disney World if they could get the opportunity. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that attendance go up this summer and more opportunities to come. We'll keep you informed as that happens as we get uh, through these days and weeks ahead of us. And, uh, and we'll continue to be in the parks showcasing what's going on and what's happening. Please uh, continue to visit us. Subscribe to Disney at Work and Play as a podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to iTunes and share a positive rating. Or if uh, at all possible, please uh, send us a nice review. We are the littlest podcast that could, and we're just trying to get a few more people to uh, listen in and hear what messages we have to share. Uh, also, make sure you go out to J. Jeff Kober, K-O-B-E-R, at YouTube, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So when these videos come out, um, whether you listen by podcast or watch by video, or both, uh, you'll be able to uh, get the word uh, that uh, they are out and ready for you to see and listen to. In the interim, please uh, take care. Have a great day. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, follow the compass of your heart. Have a good day. We'll see you real soon. Hey, this is Jeff Kober. As an addendum, I ended up back here on a date night at Disney's Animal Kingdom, where the park is now open an hour later, and they've changed. If you take a look at the Tree of Life, it's lit up differently than the previous uh, uh, video I showed where I was closing out this podcast. So I wanted to show you the difference now that the park's open later. And by the way, they are doing shows on the Tree of Life intermittently. I don't know that I'm going to be able to capture one this evening, but they are doing shows on the Tree of Life. That's really cool. Had a little date night this evening, had a chance to go to the Nomad Lounge, look for a review of not only the lounge, but also a Disney at Work uh, post and podcast around the themes of the Nomad Lounge. I think it's, uh, I think it'll be fun to look for that. So all together, uh, thanks for joining us. And again, always follow that compass of your heart. See you real soon. Have a great day.